Nidell. Today, I have a lord with me, the, a lord of Scotland. I have Kim Barrett with me, the marketing genius. Kim, how are you, my good man? Thanks for being here. I'm doing super well, my man. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. You're welcome. And I can't, I, I got to know the Lord story, but before we get into how that's even structured, right? I'm, I'm a dumb American. I'm ignorant to the way the, the rest of the universe works. So I'm going to raise my hand openly and look for some information from you. But yeah. before even diving into that, Kim, what I like to start every interview the same way. You've been an entrepreneur, right? You're, you're a self-made man. You have your own business. As someone is listening that's considering jumping into right, direct response marketing, small business ownership, taking that leap from corporate America to being on their own, what would be a piece of advice you'd recommend for them? Uh, like my first piece of advice really would be to build something up first. Like I did take the leap across, uh, uh, you know, kind of burn the bridges and um, started paddling without doing anything. And look, if I, if I do my time again, that's probably the only one of the things I would redo, which is like, build myself up a little bit more before completely jumping ship and jumping into something because whilst it all does sexy as well, so you still it sounds sexy, you've got to pay the bills, you've still got uh, overheads to manage and stuff like that. So um, you know, like in today's world, it's like you have the benefit with the, the way that the internet works these days is to build something up before you have to fully jump across into it. And by all means, I'm a big advocate of entrepreneurship and business ownership, but like make sure that you build it, build things up first and then make it smooth transition. I kind of jumped out without the parachute and trying to assemble it on the way down. So, uh, <laughs> which is, it's still, it's uh, still exciting, exciting ride, but probably not most recommended. Exciting is certainly one, one way to describe what that, that parachuteless jump out of the plane looks like to start with. And, and Kim, for you, how long ago did that journey start, right? When did you, what was the previous job that you left to, to start down this path of being the marketing specialist you are today? Yeah, well, so I've been doing marketing for about 15 years. So I've been pretty well in the marketing world for a reasonably long time. And um, uh, I'm only, only 30, uh, 31 at the moment. So it's, uh, I've been in there a long time. But I did have several jobs where I worked in marketing and different angles of growing and working on the business was where I always focused. And then it kind of got to the point where there was, there was two phases. One where I left, I'll say like my corporate job, which is where I left a larger corporation. And then I started working with uh, someone who's now my, pretty much my brother-in-law. Um, so once I jumped across to starting to work with him, and then I, again, uh, probably a year or so after that, then I uh, stopped working with him and, and started working for myself. So there's still a startup working with, uh, with him, which was a lot of learning, um, as was, was all my jobs. And I wouldn't ever kind of uh, go back and not do them because I learned a lot from all of them. But uh, yeah, it was uh, probably that one where it got to a point where it was literally a, a fork in the road where I was like, well, stay and work with my now brother-in-law, go and speak for him and do lots of um, still really amazing things or go out on my own and, and build your social voice, which is now we just um, in January hit our, our fifth birthday. So that was um, uh, pretty cool as well. And I decided, well, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go going to go, uh, go hard or go home. So I decided to go out and, and do my own, uh, own business. And uh, yeah, and then, then uh, that leads us to where we are today. I love it. I, I love the story. I love the background. And Kim, like your social voice, Obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but I'm going to assume when you went out on your own, you were wearing all the hats in the organization, I think, as so many of us do, right? We're, we're copywriters, we're ad guys, we're buying traffic, we're funnel creators. As your company exists now, how many, right, how has that evolution been from, right, maybe I'll call it solopreneur, what's it look like now for you and how was that transition period? 
yeah, I mean, it, it was, um, the transition was quite hard because, you know, like, there, was, there were so many things. And look, we didn't have, like, when I first started, you couldn't jump on and use ClickFunnels. Lead pages didn't even really exist then either. Like, it was, um, like, you were custom building stuff in WordPress, Optimize Press, uh, which was which was painful and not as easy as all the drag and drop stuff that people have now. So, you know, nowadays we have no excuses, like, compared to how easy it is to, to, to back them when I look back. So, you know, yeah, that was, I was doing all, all those things and more and then designing stuff and uh, creating ads and the ad graphics, which I sucked at, I hands on, like, that's probably the only thing I'll admit that I was real bad at was like making graphics look good. I couldn't imagine it in my head, but then I'll go into like Canva or Paint or something and try and draw and like move things around. I was like, nah, this is not like, I can imagine it, but I couldn't get that out onto a, uh, onto an image. That was the first thing I hired. So now we're pretty blessed at our hope. We've got a, a pretty full team. So we've got uh, two ad buyers and assistant. We've got a full-time graphic and video editor. We've got a full-time copywriter, three people in our sales team, general manager, um, and some other support staff as well. They help us with funnels and other components too. So um, we've, we've grown pretty um, to be what you would say is probably a reasonable size team. But that all started with me and just one at a time. And literally the first thing that I, I outsourced and brought someone in to do was the graphics because I was so bad at them. So it was the first time I bought a part-time graphic designer, got her on board. She started helping me out and then just started seeing cool, like for me to, to grow and improve the business, I kind of need to get some other avenues started. So first I went to growing a sales team and then from there I started going into my uh, my, also my ad buying team. So I had some ads managers and um, then some, yeah, like we never really had a specific copywriter really until really recently. Like it was probably myself and one of our ad, uh, ad buyers who was doing all the copy. But having added a copywriter to our team now, um, who's a gun, it's just like it's made things so much uh, more streamlined because everyone just has one core focus and then they just focus on their craft to get better and get better and get better, which is awesome. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And, and right with, I'm always curious with leveraging the global economy, right? I, I say I get to cheat for the most part because right, the US dollar is obviously strong in the global economy, maybe versus right the euro, but even then we're, we're splitting hairs. But with you being right, Australia, New Zealand, you, you don't get the same, the same luxury, right? So is, is your staff you know, localized here? Are you leveraging some things on, on the global platform? How have you grown, right? I mean, it's always a unique question. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've i got buddies that have grown huge outsource companies and they've got like, they own literally virtual assistant agencies and they always encourage me to go that way. I just suck at relating to people if I'm not around them. So it's like for me, if I can walk into the room and be like, oh, there's Ryan, right, look, there's Pete, there's like, there's Kim. Like I, I can build a relationship really well that way. That kind of suits, I'd say, more my my management and leadership style, much more than going and having a fully outsourced team. So pretty much, ninety nine percent of our team bar one person. So everyone in our team bar one person literally is local here in Perth, in Australia, in our office, um, in, uh, in in West Perth, and everyone is everyone is in there. We all come together. I find it's. The only way that I've been able to build a cohesive team and one that has a good culture and where we all can kind of really work in, into a rhythm together, um, and that's just because you know, like I probably could leverage it much better in other ways. Because again, yeah, like the Australian dollar sucks, and our taxation system sucks as well. It's terrible, like how much we have to pay. But um, it's, I um, yeah, it's it's a like if you ever come to Australia, you come to Perth, you're just like we have it pretty good here. It's like a beautiful place, like you can't really complain. So I'm like, if I, it's the if it's the, it's the tax I pay for living in a great place, then hey, I'll, I'll pay it every day. 
Yeah, that, that's that's beautiful, and it, it's interesting because it's one of the things literally that I see consistently. Is it seems like the the U.S. based teams, as far as right, the marketing, the media buying, things like that. I feel like eight out of ten individuals I get the pleasure to speak with, right? They have leveraged some things on a more global basis because of that strength of the dollar. But the minute we, you know, get into the Australia, New Zealand, it seems like it's a very centralized conversation, almost. I don't say out of necessity, right? But like I find a, a virtual assistant for you know three dollars and fifty cents US or a highly specialized one for for five fifty, and it's like, well, that's almost a no brainer, right? And they're happy, and I'm happy, but it doesn't quite work the same as as we start to to leverage out, like you said, with the strength or lack thereof of of your money, right? So it's yeah. it's always fascinating to me. Yeah, the Aussie dollar is terrible um, in comparison to anything, but I think it just also comes down to people's like leadership styles that some people was like can communicate perfectly well like that i know for me even when i communicate over text some people would be like oh man kim is like so rude over email or so rude over message and i was like oh like i didn't even know like i was just writing it as i would normally say and it's like if you have a conversation with me be like oh he's always happy but then it's like if you read my email it's oh you know it's uh, it sounds angry or something like that so for me um i've just learned to kind of lean into um, my strengths and it's like I definitely don't have a strength in, uh, in communicating with people externally I've tried and I was like we had people in, um, in Canada in Philippines and in um, a couple of places in Africa at one point and um, we had like probably a team double the size we have now and I was just like I was just not getting the most out of them and it wasn't their fault it was just like I was like I don't know how to effectively manage and lead them but I know when I walk in and see everyone and I get everyone in the morning together at 8.45 and everyone's standing together. I'm like, cool, what are we on today? This, 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 awesome, great. You know, hands in the middle, let's go. Um, and, you know, check in throughout the day. That's just so much easier for me. And I find even when I travel, like I, if I go away for a week or two, speak, or I go go to the US for an event or something like that, um, I find it's like there's a, not a dip in performance, but I feel like a dip in the connection. And then it takes me a little bit to catch back up on that when I get back to the team. You're preaching to the choir. I'm the same way, right? I have a, my right-hand man, Kurt, here in the office. He takes care of literally anything that requires conversation with an outsourcer because he's brilliant at communicating with them. And for me, I'm, I'm much like you. It's just, hey, just do this thing, right? And it's not like a, there's no aggression behind it. It's like, I, I just need this thing done. And it's, um, it's been a point of contention. So I certainly understand where that's coming from on your side. Now, as, as we look at your agency as a whole, um, how many of your clients are right, in Australia, New Zealand versus U.S., right? Because you've had some major, major successes. And where do the clients come from? How does that whole system work for you? Yeah, I mean, we, we do get a lot of clients here in Australia um, just because we're here and I speak at a lot of events here. And every, every year we put on a big event here as well, um, which does get us some good attention. But I, uh, I have a lot of referral partners in the U.S. and I've spoken at a lot of events in the U.S. and I, uh, I have a pretty good network over there too. So... I'd probably say, you know, currently we're probably 60, 60% Australia and then 40% the rest of the world. We've got a couple of clients in Asia, uh, Singapore, um, uh, Indonesia, a couple of New Zealand, and then, yeah, and then a few USA, and then the rest will be Australia. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, now we can talk about the, the fun two comma club award stuff and right out. I'm going to lead you down a path and I apologize in advance, but I feel like I'm a good company. So it's, I, I find a lot of, right. I have had the pleasure of knowing Russell from before Russell is the Russell now, 
but I owned a, a direct response web hosting company. And back when Russell was just an affiliate marketer, really, it, the, the, the unspoken fact of this little window of time after the potato gun launch, but before ClickFunnels, where he was as aggressive as the rest of us in the marketplace with business opportunity offers, really, is what it was. Just this little thing that gets cast aside, right? We, <laughs> we were friendly back then. And what I love him from the marketing aspect of saying, right, you're only one funnel away, right? Because it, it creates this massive amount of hope for somebody, right? Like, I'm a marketer, I have this idea, I'm really excited. And from that standpoint, it's, it's, it's exciting. But as we look at things, the facts of life are, you're not really one funnel away from success, right? You have an entire agency you just said graphic designers, copywriters, media buyers. It's one of the things is I help coaches, you know, mentors, consultants. They're like, oh, I just need ClickFunnels. That's, that's going to be the thing. And I'm like, uh, I'm a big fan of getting the organic reach really to, to, to be able to leverage the growth of your company. Because there's a strategic point where you need to certainly be buying ads and using funnels and things like that. But you have had so many years of trial and error. Like I remember back before the ClickFunnels, right? When it was a WordPress build and split tests were massively cumbersome and there wasn't the soft, like that was the world I came from. And so I guess I'm asking these questions based around the fact of how often do you find that the first time you create a funnel with no testing, no optimization, no anything, that that one funnel is the two comma club funnel winner in its original iteration. Has that ever happened for you <laughs> at all? It doesn't, it doesn't just happen every time for you, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> not, not for me, but I'm not, I'm not a pro like you are. No, I, uh, of, of course, like, it's, it's never the case, right? And it's funny as well because, um, you know, the, the origin of One Funnel Away, right, is actually pinched that, Russell pinched that from Gary Halbert, who always used to say, you're just one sales letter away. Right. So I've got literally, I've got like, I've uh, had the pleasure of meeting like Bond and Kevin and hanging out with them. And um, so his sons and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And I have Gary Halbert letters up in my office. So to me, it's like, that's what it originates from. And it's like that, re to be honest, that's a better story, which is he's like, you're going to keep writing. And he wrote so many sales letters over time. And then it's like, you write one, eventually we'll hit one, which is the one that's going to be your pay dirt or it's going to be your big break. And it's going to really put you on the, like put you on the map. And he's like, that's what you need to be shooting for. Um, which for him, I think was the coat of arms letter, right? That was like the number one. And that's one of the ones I've got in my office. And I, I think that's the important thing to remember is that you, if you keep trying and you keep putting in enough effort and you keep creating iterations, you keep testing and you keep trying, eventually you're going to find one, one, one sales letter, one funnel, whatever you want to call it, one ad, you find one process which is going to bring you the attention, which is going to bring you the interest, which is going to bring you the right people to enable you to really have whatever you want. Same as like every, like if you look at um, uh, Apple or anything like that, they had so many iterations of crap stuff. And then it's like, cool. Then they came out with the Mac and it's like, oh, okay. Now Apple is sexy and good and all this sort of stuff. It's like, they kept trying. It's like, you're just one computer away from becoming a trillion dollar company. It's like, well, not really. It's like, you've got like lots of other hardware to do first, right? Right. So uh, that's uh, like I, I, I pretty like I, to be honest, as I said, like I love the software because it makes it easy for you to be able to do stuff compared to what previously we had to do. Is like was like pulling teeth. Like now it's like I can teach someone how to do that in half an hour. Uh, so that, that's obviously amazing. But yeah, it's never the first one. I think we probably had uh, like probably of the first one that we the first two comic club award we got for us was probably at least the iteration of like 
10 different tests of funnels, of, of hooks on the funnels, of offers. And that was just to get them on there too. So I never saw any, like my webinars, again, I am completely honest, my webinars sucked. Like they, I didn't sell anything off my webinar. <laughs> I got people's name, email, phone numbers. And I called every single person. I was like, hey, what's up? It's Kim. How can I help you? What's your business about? Like, so we, we built all of ours through direct, like just direct phone, phone sales. Um, you know, what everyone wants to call high ticket closing these days. So all we did was just pick up the phone and have conversations with people. So I used my webinar to be able to generate me name, email, phone numbers on the front end. And then I would just call them. It's like, cool, we haven't watched the webinar. I was like, great, don't worry, it sucks anyway. Uh, but let me like, let's find out a bit about your business and see how I can help you. So that's, uh, that's, that's, how, that's how we got our first one. So it's kind of contentious. It's probably the only webinar funnel that is in the two comma club that didn't get sales on the actual webinar itself, I, I reckon. That's, uh, so it's probably a little bit contentious, that award for that one. Well, I, I love the honesty and the transparency because that's that's another thing, right? And I, none of this is sounds like spoiled grapes a little bit, but it's not intended to be. I just happened to right the, the two comma club award, which I admittedly hand in the air do not have. I don't run funnels really; like everything into mine is right over the phone or through some different methodologies of closing people. But as I look at this, right, some of my friends, associates, whatever you'd say, that hold up the two comma club award as they're running their ads. Right. All that means is that you've billed a million dollars through your ClickFunnels account. But for those of you that are listening, that's revenue, not profit. And those are dramatically different variables inside your business. Like literally, I think Kim and I right now could throw together a funnel. I could say, Kim, buddy, I'm, I'm good spending $1.4 million. I, I just want, I want the two comic club award. And we'd find some knickknack, some gimmick, some something. And with, with Kim's knowledge, I'm sure we could sell a million dollars worth of something, right? To, to pass through the, the ClickFunnels gateway. And magically, I get to walk on stage and hold up my award and get my picture take, taken with Russell. And it seems like that anymore is just a way to then use that to leverage the fact that you know what you're doing to go out and then find more clients. And it's almost diluted the marketplace, right? And I'm by no means am I casting this where this is not the story of Kim. So as you're listening, like this is not what Kim is doing, but there's so many people that have kind of gamed the system, have got their picture taken. They're using that then to teach you funnels and to teach you all these different things. And it's just bullshit. Like, it just really is. Like, everything that's wrong with the marketing world is that. It's like when someone shows you, like, oh, I got a two comic club award. Cool. Do you mind if you – can I see your profit and loss statement? Can I, can I see what, what you made on that? Well, you, that's, that's private. Well, just guess, right? How much did you make? Am I, am I off base with that? Like, again, I'm not going to call anybody out, but there's – four or five specific offenders that are like just consistently in my Facebook feed, buying traffic, targeting me. And I'm like, man, I actually know you as a person. Like, and I'm not mad at them, but you're, you're, you're essentially quote unquote, like living in your mom's basement still. And that's right. I'm being facetious. Yeah. And I mean, look, that's, and as you said, that's kind of what's like uh, wrong about the marketing world. And it's like saying for the industry I'm in, in Facebook advertising, there's so many people that are teaching people how to start an agency, make their first $10,000 um, and sell people ads, but they have no idea what they're doing. And then six months down the track, they come and speak to me. And then they're like, oh, I got ripped off by all these Facebook experts. And I'm like, well, cool, number one, they weren't a Facebook expert. You haven't, been, you haven't spoken to one yet because you would know if you have. Um, and, and number two, it's like, yeah, of, of like now it's so easy. To, there's no, especially when it comes to online, it's like there's no... Um, proper verification and I think now people use something like two comic club award is like well that's my verification and it's like well kind of but like you mentioned it's like it's very easy to do and you, you don't actually have to even like it doesn't have to be processed through there that's the so that's how we got ours is because we we link, we 
linked up our merchant account and showed them it's like cool here's all the leads we got here's all the sales we got from through this funnel so we didn't we didn't even have to sell in click funnels um uh right but we got all the leads through click funnels which is what they're what they they want to kind of know because i was like look i pick up for a call every single person like similar to you it's like i'm not going for a $97 sales, like everything I sell was like $5,000 and above. So I'm speaking to people on the phone because it's the only way to, to really do that properly in my eyes anyway. So um, I think it's just like, it's uh, uh, it's like, it's just something so easy. It's the same as the um, the new health coach that just joined Isogenics or Herbalife. And now like, you know, they're going to give you all the advice. And it's like, well, again, just because just you put something through ClickFunnels doesn't make you a marketing expert. Just because you bought a six-pack of protein shakes doesn't make you a fitness expert. So it's, uh, again, everything, I think it's just the due, the due diligence. But because the, low, the barrier to entry is so low now, it's like, cool, you could literally say that you run a marketing agency. Tomorrow, you could go and watch something and you could be like, cool, I run a marketing agency. And a lot of people would probably just take your word for that and, and believe it when it comes to online marketing. It's like no one's ever like, cool, show me your office, right? Or show me all these stuff to talk about. It's like, yeah, cool. Like, you can go on my Instagram, watch my stories. It's like you'll see 10 people in an office working every single day. Um, but other people, it's like, cool, yeah, I, as you said, I'm in my mum's basement and I'm sitting in my underwear, and, but I own a big marketing agency and I do all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you've, like, you've never given people results before. So I'm uh, kind of with you on that. It does kind of uh, fires me up a little bit sometimes because it's, but then it's like the people that do the, work properly there's no will there's no proper way apart from the only thing that matters is like time on the field is the only thing that will discern actual good people from not which is unfortunate for a lot of people because they might buy into someone who does or doesn't get them results i can't i can't say some people may still do good work but the only way you can tell if someone's good is like if they have time on the field so it's like if you look at what i've been doing for five like for five years as a company the whole five years have been the same thing so I haven't been a crypto expert, a funnel expert, a Facebook expert, or this expert or that. It's like, no, I've been doing Facebook ads as an agency for five years, been marketing for 15 years, similar to yourself. It's like, like I've been around, right? When people know you've been around, it's like, cool, that's the that's the only other discerning factor because it's like, you must actually do a good job if you can suffice and stand because otherwise next week someone's like, no, nah, man, I don't do uh, ads anymore. I don't do funnels anymore. I do this now. I'm not a coach. Oh, now I do high ticket sales. It's like, okay, cool. Best of luck to you. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I love that. So if someone's listening and right, number one, of course, how can they get a hold of you, right? Before we even go any further, how can somebody listening that's interesting running ads, really having you run ads is what it comes down to, right? How can they get a hold of you? What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, best way to connect with me is on um, Instagram these days. It's like I try and be as... Like I read a really great book called Indistractable by Nia Eyal, and I was so every all my notifications off. The only thing that I will check regularly because I am determined to crack Instagram, and um, it's been my bane of my existence. Like the one platform that organically I haven't been able to to get, and I'm like I want to get it. So Instagram is the best one. At, I'm at Real Kim Barrett over there. Um, I'm just uh, just because I'm stubborn. I'm like I want to figure out how to get organic traction on Instagram and I will keep pushing to try and do it. So uh, that's the best place to try and find me. Side note, Instagram is so maddening to me. I can increase my organic reach inside of Facebook. I can do it inside my Facebook business page. I can do it inside my Facebook group. I can do it inside of LinkedIn. Really with pretty, it's pretty easy and it's very replicatable. It's duplicatable. It's systematic. And Instagram, man, bro, I don't know if you've got some secret thing. I can't like, now granted, my hands raised very high. Three years ago, I bought followers, right? I wanted the swipe up feature and I was in a slightly different place in life. And I'm like, oh, the numbers matter, right? So 
I bought them. And then of course I paid an agency two years ago. They're like, Oh no, no, it's all verified. It's all real traffic. And then I start looking and it's like some foreign name with nine, nine posts and like, everything's the same. And I'm realizing like, wow, I've just completely bastardized my Instagram profile, but I can't for the life of me get, I can't get it cleaned up. I can't get any reach. I can't get any traction. It doesn't matter if I post IGTV stories. It doesn't matter if I post IG stories. Like, is there anything you're finding at all that's working even a little bit on Instagram? No, I mean, man, mine's a similar. Like, I, you know, three, four years ago, I had like 2,000 followers. So I have tried like every hack, every bot, every like thing in the book. So I was like, I, I want the same. Like, when, when swipe ups came up and 10K followers, I, was like, I need to get there as fast as possible. I did all those things. And my like traction still stays like it's, it's minimal. The only thing that I've found that lately has been getting me anything decent is that when I get a, when I do a good post so for example I just had on my um, uh, I, have a, I have a podcast as well with Kim Barrett so I had um, Tony Robbins number one sales person on there did 20,000 high ticket sales for Tony killer guy lovely guy his name's Eli um, but I had him on there and he's like a very like he's a he's a good looking dude all the ladies went wild for him all the Tony Robbins hashtags kind of like seemed to pick it up so I checked that and that's like it's got to be so much reach and then I started pouring ad dollars onto that as well to try and keep it going it's like every now and again I'll hit one little one and that will give me a boost and then sometimes I'll get a few of those to follow me and then they'll start watching my stories and um and now uh, we just recently had a big event here in Perth and we had I think I had like 40,000 hits to my profile over that weekend because we did a big social sharing competition and stuff so like that that's what but then it still it went like and then now like two weeks later it's like eh, slowing down again so it's like I, I wish I could get it and I'm, and I'm trying my hardest so the latest thing that I'm testing is um, uh, is Instagram uh, Instagram story ads to drive people to my profile so um, I'm using that at the moment and, uh, and testing out that functionality by Again, it's like it's uh, it's still a hard slog. So I'm uh, I'm trying. If I ever find anything definitive that works, I will let you know. Don't worry. Shoot, we'll bottle it up and we'll sell it, man. I mean, you you got the ad reach. There's no point in telling me privately, right? Make some money on that because nobody seems to be able to figure it out. Oh yeah, bane of my existence at the moment. (laughs) So Kim, if somebody's looking at a potential agency, right? What are the things that you would encourage them, right? What are the questions to ask? What are the I'll call the the verifications, right? Because from my standpoint, I'm, honestly, I'm a neophyte in this, but I get the pleasure to talk to all types of different people who pitch me things all day long. Like I listen to anybody because I want to know the sales scripting. Like I'm, I'm more of a student of what's going on maybe than most. And so right in the minute I asked for, like, show me your three to five most current successful ad campaigns. Like, let me see your screenshot. I don't have to know the, who the vendor is, but like, show me the return on ad spend. What are you reaching for? What are your, what are your metrics? Explain to me top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom of funnel. What's your retargeting structure look like? Like, are you using chat or are you not using chat? Like there's some things that I like instantly rattle through and people are like, uh, well, I can't show that because it's right. It's, it's non-competed. I'm like, whoa, whoa, time out. Like instantly to me, that's a red flag because I'm not looking, I don't need to know your vendor. I don't need to know your targeting parameters. I need to know the screenshot of the back end where I can see just that, that horizontal bar really of like how much money have you spent? How long has it been running for? What's your return on ad spend? Are there more things that someone should look for than that? I mean, what, what's your, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, like the big one to me is that these days, like with the amount of vendors that you can have in the world of Facebook ads, is that you really should go for someone who's a specialist in your industry 
I don't like if someone if someone came to me and and oh, I was going to them and I was looking for help and they're like, cool, I can do e-commerce, I can do lead gen, I can do affiliate marketing, I can do all these things. To me, that's an instant red flag because it's like each one is a completely different beast. Like e-commerce is completely different to legion so like when people come to us if they go look i've got like you're saying like i want to sell widgets i'll be like no i'm not going to touch your widgets i'm not going to sell them purely because like i have only have one slightly e-commerce client and it's a friend of mine and i've been doing it for three four years and i just we just know it and it, and it works we don't touch any other e-commerce purely because i know how much of a beast it can be whereas for us i like to we we like to do legion where people are like cool i want to generate leads for online training for calls, for webinars, for live events. And we're going to, we have this wicked sales process and we're selling something that's reasonable, reasonably priced. So for me, number one is always find, because there's enough agencies out there. It's like find an agency that's an expert in the field. So if you go, cool, I want to generate phone calls or inquiries or whatever it might be, you might speak to someone like me. You want e-commerce, you'll speak to someone else completely different. Like don't, like if someone says they do it all, number one is red flag. As you said, number two, they should be able to show you um, some stats and like for me I always say to people it's like well because people go to me like like you mentioned it's like where all your clients come from and how do you get my clients I'm like surprise surprise like I run Facebook ads and they're like oh like, so it's not like word of mouth I was like I'm a Facebook ad agency how can I be congruent if I get my ads from networking or from LinkedIn <laughs> it's like I, you know like I have to like doesn't that make sense and so I show screen. We show screenshots all the time of um, our personal stats, and then most of our clients are like, "Cool." Um, unless some of them that are certain B two B ones, they don't really want their clients to know that if I share a screenshot, it's theirs, just because of their own personal thing. But they'll be like, "Yeah, look, they take screenshots of the results." And we have clients that sell, um, do uh, live workshops, and they sell like a twenty k product at the workshop, and we get um, they sell tickets for forty nine bucks. Two years ago, they were paying like nearly 150, 200 bucks to get a ticket sold, which is not, not too shabby. Like they still make money doing that. Like this year, we've been getting them tickets sold for like 30 bucks. So they're making money on the front of an event where they're going to sell like this stuff like crazy. And then saying we've got people that sell uh, in Australia, housing is probably a lot, well, not a lot, but it's like I think it's more expensive than in the, in the US, right? So if you're going to go and buy a first home house and land package in Australia, it probably costs you like nearly 400 grand, um, 350, 400 grand is like a, is that. So we do um, a lot of that for, we will sell, like get leads for people that want to sell homes because for them, profit margin is huge. So we'll get them, you know, 500, 700,000 leads in a month and they get one or two houses out of that. Like they get like 30K in commissions and then the building company gets, you know, like, they'll like cleared like 200 grand. So it's like, again, win-win. So those ones we always um, can show. So if someone comes to me and again, look, look for honesty. Cause it's like, if someone came to me and said, I'm, I'm in, in this obscure industry, but I want to do lead gen for, I'll be like, look, I can test it for you, but I'm rolling the dice as much as you are. If I don't have pure statistics on it, but if someone comes to me, it's like, cool. I sell information products. I sell events. I sell uh, houses. So anything in that, that kind of role, I can be like, cool, here's my statistics. I can give you an approximate cost per lead. I know based on the experience we've had so far, this is how many leads normally you need to generate a sale unless your sale sucks. If your sale sucks, then I'm also partnering with the number one sales training company in Australia and I'll send you over to them if you need help. Probably go do that first, then come back to me. So you always want honesty and integrity with anyone you're dealing with and look for them also to go, cool, like, you don't want a person that's like, oh no, I can definitely like help you. It's like, no, I'll do an assessment and see. And if not, I'll send you to the person who's going to be best for you because, you know, uh, 
uh, one of my uh, like mentors from afar is J.A. Abraham, and I really love his strategy of preeminence, uh, which is like, cool, it's like, what's going to be best for the client regardless if they work for you or not, uh, work with you or not? And for me, a lot of times, I have to send people to go get their sales right first because it's like, cool, I can give you 100 leads, but if you can only get half a sale out of 100 leads, probably not worth it of our time doing that. Like, go figure out your sales systems, go figure out your delivery system first. So um, I, I always joke when I do events, I'm like, we're probably the biggest referring agency in Australia because we just like, we, we send people to all like e-commerce. It's like I have a guy I send across to their sales, like um, our sales training guys over in the East Coast of Australia, we send them people all the time because people need to get that sort of first before they even come to us. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And, and Kim, now I got to now I got to pull the personal side. Explain to me being a lord of Scotland. Like, what does it take for that to happen? Is it is it like a two comic club award? Can I can I buy my way into that ecosystem? Can I become a lord? How does this work? Funnily enough, you actually can. It's very easy. <laughs> the, uh, the the way that it happened is we were sitting at I was sitting at a mastermind event in uh, Warner Island in uh, Singapore, and we're, we're sitting there and we're all having a few drinks and talking about um, how to get upgrades when you go to airports and hotels and stuff and like different strategies and ideas about how you can get that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I read an article where if you are like a doctor, a lord or a member of like a royal family, they'll, they'll see that in advance and give you preferential treatment. And then we're literally talking about it and someone's like, oh, I'm like, can't you buy a lordship? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And like, I didn't have my, um, this place was all inclusive. So I didn't have my wallet with me, but I had my phone. So I started scrolling and I was like, oh, look, here's this place here. Um, $69 will buy you one square foot of land in Scotland. And if you own in this certain region, if you own a square foot of land, you would then get a lordship title. So I was like, okay, cool. So all I've got to do is buy this land. So I was going through the process, filling it in. And then I was like, oh, guys, this is really difficult. I was like, look, if, if they take PayPal, Tonight, I will become a lord because I'm not going back like, you know, 500, like a kilometer back to my room to try and define my wallet and do this. But if I can pay with PayPal right now, in five minutes, you'll be looking at an official lord of Scotland. So I go through, get to the checkout, and it's like PayPal. And I was like, done. I'm becoming a lord tonight. So build it all in, and then they send me all the paperwork and everything. And it's like literally gives you the, uh, the official deed so you can get like your full name change and everything like that to have your official title as Lord, you know, Kim Barrett of Glencoe in Scotland. Um, so it was, uh, it was completely, it was completely random one night, but I still just throw it out every now and again. Like in, when I do my presence, like if I speak at an event, I'll throw it up there, you know, like official board of like, I'm literally the Lord of Scotland, blah, 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 just as a fun talking point. So it's, uh, <laughs> if, if I, if that company did not accept PayPal, I wouldn't be a Lord. So it's, uh, it goes to show you need to give people as many payment options. as possible. <laughs> that, that is a, a brilliant takeaway out of all that. Give people all the payment options possible. <laughs> yes. So are, are you a Scottish national or is it like, can anybody get a Lordship? And he, like one of my buddies is over in the U.S. as well. He uh, he runs, I think, the biggest uh, insurance broker group in the U.S. And the other day he posted up. He's like, I've joined the club. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, check my post on my feed. I check on his feed. And he's like, I just became an official, like same like of Glencoe in Scotland. He's like, I just became an official lord. I was like, welcome. welcome. So send him a picture of like a top hat being like bowing down and stuff like that. So it's uh, le yeah, legitimate. It's like, because in, in Scotland, in certain regions, like there's many other things. There's, there's dukes, duchesses and stuff, which are all very different. But the lordship, especially in Scotland and Ireland, is all based around land ownership. So if you own this certain portion of land, basically that 
qualifies you for uh, a, a title in the in the realm of Scotland. So it's um it's it's quite hilarious, and it's it's a good, always a good party story just to tell people. Uh, just kind of bring that out. They're like, oh, it's been going on a few years. Like, I just became a lord of Scotland. Um, I am so. I am 100% doing that as soon as we conclude this interview. I'm also going to become a lord. I, I appreciate that, Kim. Why not? Uh, yeah, exactly. Why not, right? My pleasure. My yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's certainly well worth it on my side. I, I sincerely appreciate it. So, so Kim, as, as we kind of put a bow on this art on time together, if you wanted someone that's listening to remember you by one thing, like one takeaway, one message, one right. edict that you live your life by, what would you want someone to remember Kim Barrett? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I always like to, um, you know, I always think there's not really many original thoughts left, so I always like to pinch good quotes from uh, from good people, but mine is always from Zig Ziglar, which is, if you help enough people get what you want, you'll get everything you want. So it's like, for me, it's like I always try and help people, and I get a lot of people reach out after they hear me on podcasts and interviews and stuff, and it's like, I'm never, um, like as I said before, I'm always going to be one that's going to be like, cool, if you need help, I'll be able to direct you to the help. If I can't help you, and, uh, and most of the time, it's not working with me. As I said, most of the time, it's working with someone else um, or just going and doing one thing. So a lot of times, it's like people send me all this stuff. And I'm like, all you need to do is this. Just go do that. And away they go. And then they, they have tremendous success. So uh, if you do ever need any help, like we mentioned before, you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm always more than happy to, to help and uh, shout out and, and, and see if I can give people some guidance if I can. And uh, if I help enough people get what they want, eventually, I'll get everything that I want as well. Beautiful. Kim, thank you so much, my good man. I mean, it's it's now middle of the night for you almost. So I, I appreciate you hopping on right from all from all the way over in Australia and Perth. And, and just thank you for the wisdom, my friend. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Again, thank you so much for having me.